the title of what I want to preach is, is enjoying the presence of the Lord. But the subtitle of this is I need a praise break. I'm about to get offended. I got that out of the Bible. I just want to preach a little bit today. Just want to, I, want to, I want to put a human side to this spiritual element because I'm a human being. The last time I checked, I'm still walking in dirt. I hadn't been glorified. But I'm fighting the devil. And we're winning. John chapter 4. A very familiar text. John chapter 4. And verse number 23. The woman at the well is asking him, Where do men need to worship? Our fathers say it's in the mountain. You say Jerusalem is the place. But Jesus said, verse 23, The hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit. Everybody say spirit. Spirit. That's a little s. You know that. That's your spirit. That's not Holy Ghost spirit. That's yours. And in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a big S spirit. He's the chief. And they that worship Him must worship Him in their spirit. And truth. I want to preach today how to enjoy the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Take somebody by the hand and say, I'm going to bless the Lord today. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I got 55. Let's go. 50 now. God is looking for this congregation and this ministry to do something for Him that He cannot do for Himself. There is more mention of worship in the Bible than there is of heaven and of hell and of the rapture. 366 times the Bible commands us to sing praises unto God. That's a song for every day of the year and one for leap year. David said in Psalms 119 and 164, seven times a day will I praise thee. The next verse, he says, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Somehow, I don't know if you take it that way or not, but the Bible is written in form for a reason. Praise had to be in David's mind and heart 
seven times a day. And then he comes back after he says, I'm going to praise him with this quote, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We have what is known in America as coffee breaks. We take coffee breaks in the morning, coffee breaks in the afternoon, and coffee breaks in the evening. David took praise breaks. Yeah. He said, I can't go on without stopping every now and then and just praising. We preach about him stopping ever six paces before the Ark of the Covenant. But David said, if the ark is not behind me, and it's in yonder Zion, I'm still going to stop seven times a day, and I'm going to praise the Lord. If I don't feel anything, I'm going to stop and praise the Lord. If everything's going under, I'm going to stop and praise the Lord. If my life is sick and hurting, I'm going to stop and praise the Lord. If my church is going under, I'm going to stop and praise the Lord. If my wife is estranged from me, if my children are rebellious, I'm going to stop and praise the Lord. Because great peace have they that love thy law. He said in Psalms 113 and 3, From the rising of the sun, when the sun comes up in the morning, till the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. Lord George was one of Great Britain's most prominent prime ministers. He was very short of stature. Probably five, 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 six at the most when he stood on his tiptoes. A very brilliant man. One day he was being interviewed by an American reporter. And the reporter asked him, are you Lloyd George? And Lloyd George said, yes, I am. And the reporter said, excuse me, please. You're not very big, are you? He pulled himself up to his full stature. And he said, sir, in our country, we measure a man from the neck up. I'd like to ask this congregation, how does God measure a church? Does He mem- measure it by real estate? Does He measure it by just numbers? Or by perhaps prestigious membership? No. The Father seeketh such to worship Him. When you discover that, you will understand what the church is all about. You understand this, that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not a credential to say you have arrived. Holy Ghost has never been a goal. Holy Ghost is just a gateway. Holy Ghost has never been an end. It's just the beginning. It's not your diploma. It's your birth certificate. But I want to today, with the help and the grace of God, just bring to this congregation three scriptures. Just three scriptures that the Lord has been dealing with me about. I want to preach to you that I need a praise break every now and then. I need to stop. I need to drop 
everything I do. And I need to have a holy rolling time in the Lord Jesus Christ. I need my spirit lifted. Hallelujah. John 14 and 12. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. I want to stop here and just ask if you know anyone that's ever duplicated Jesus. No, you don't know Him because He has never been duplicated. He turned water into wine. That was His first miracle. You know what, folks? He never touched the wine. He never talked to the wine. He just walked past it and it blushed. Duplicate that. He made a fish pay his income tax. He spoke from a ship. Whoa! And lifted that ship out of a storm to the shore. He took five biscuits and two sardines, fed 15,000 people, and took up more at the end than he had at the beginning. He cursed a fig tree and it died. If you want to read how powerful he was, just read his six miracles he did on the Sabbath. Nobody has ever duplicated him. But you say, Brother Johnson, he was just one man. One place. One time. We have thousands in our church today. Our church is universal. That's a, that's a, that's a decent answer. But it won't pass. He just had three and a half years, Brother Johnson. We've got 2,000 year church age. Another good answer, but it won't pass. Because I want to preach something to you here this morning. This afternoon. Not only do I have to follow babe and come before Hank, I've got to preach in the noon hour. There's something greater than works that He wants this church to do. If you read your Bible again, I want you to notice the second time works is used in John 14 and 12. It's italicized, which means it was added after the original translation. So it could really read this way. And the works that I do shall he do, and greater than these shall you do. Can I tell you something? We are not here in competition among works. I'm not here to out-preach somebody or out-miracle somebody. I'm here to tell you, you need to stop every now and then and give God something He can't give Himself. Hallelujah! When Jesus Christ went to Calvary, He said the immortal words, It is finished. And the veil was rent from top to bottom. And the glory was no longer beyond my reach. And He's gone back now to the Father as my attorney. But in the Old Testament, less than 100 men went beyond the veil. 
everybody else was a spectator. Now, because it is finished, because of Calvary, anybody can at any time come and enjoy the presence of God. What one man did once a year, I can do seven times a day. I'd like to stop right now and just tell you, I feel a praise coming on. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, anybody can praise God at because of the times. If you can't praise God here, you better check yourself. You're dead. But when you go home, you need to wake up in the morning and say, I will bless the Lord this morning. You need to stop and have a praise break about 10 and stop and have a praise break about noon. You need to praise Him every day of your life. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. (laughs) <laughs> Woo! Woo! Deuteronomy 10 and 8 is a job description for priest. It was God's intention for every man, everybody, to be a priest in the Old Testament. But because people would not submit to what God wanted from a priesthood, He set apart the Levites and created a priesthood among the Levites. But the Bible said in Revelation 1, 5, and 6, He has made us all to be kings and priests unto God. Deuteronomy 10 and 8, hear me. Here's the qualification or here is the duty of a priest. The Lord separated the tribe of Levi, number one, to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Can I tell you, preacher, you got to bear His presence. When people see you, they got to feel a good spirit. When people walk around you, they got to feel the Holy Ghost moving. They can't feel a bad attitude. Your first obligation is to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. I got a question to ask you. Do people feel better when you leave or better when you're coming? Somebody needs to help me. You know what you need to do if they feel worse about you? You need to stop, drop, and have a praise break. You need to stop it because you're about to get offended. And you need to praise Him. Because great peace have they that love thy law. Oh, The second thing you got to do, you got to stand before the Lord. Before you ever stand before people, you got to stand before the Lord. Brother Anthony was talking about the things that they have started doing here at the Pentecostals of Alexandria. I marvel because I I I, I don't I don't contact over here that much, but we have we have done it for a long time in Austin, Texas. When I walk in the church, I don't take the platform. I'm not a charismatic, but I don't take the platform. You know why? Because I want to stand in the presence of the Lord. I want to worship myself. 
because a preacher that can't worship can't tell me what to do. You know why I've always loved Brother Beckton? You know why I've always loved men like Brother Kilgore, Brother Tenney, and Brother Urshan? Because they worship God. I used to go to Brother Beckton's office. I said, I need a help from the Lord. We'd join hands, get the dancing in the office. Because somebody that'll praise can preach. Before you stand before the people, you got to stand before the Lord. Third thing you got to do, you got to minister to God. You got to minister. And the fourth thing you got to do is you've got to bless his name. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. You know, some of us wouldn't have some bad attitudes if we'd get in the book. Now, I intend to preach. The ark is the presence of God. When we bear the presence of God, we bear three things. Victory. When they took the ark to battle, they usually won. A preacher has got to show victory in the house of the Lord. He's got to show victory in his life. The second thing you got to show is blessing and prosperity. Now, I'm not talking about the prosperity the charismatic world's talking about. Prosperity, according to the dictionary, is having enough to do God's will. You don't need extra. You just need enough. Obed-Edom took the ark to his house for three months. It put him on Wall Street. The third thing you got to have is guidance. You need to preach the word of the Lord because God spoke between the cherubims overshadowing the ark. It was carried on the shoulders of worship and priest. Oh, let me just say something. I don't want, I don't want to be harsh because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lighten up after a while. I don't want to be harsh, but let me tell you something. If you're just trying to make it by connections, you won't get there. If you're just trying to make it by who you know, you're not going to get there. David took a boy from the backside of the desert named David, who wasn't even chosen to be in the army, and was looked over twice when Samuel came to anoint, but he had something going for him. He praised the Lord. I told our congregation in Austin, Texas, when I took 60 people, I said, if you'll do two things, we'll grow. The first one is worship. You know, some of us, some, some of us just want to preach good. 
and who among us don't. But I'd rather worship good. As preach good. Two Sundays ago, I preached good in my church. Nobody got the Holy Ghost. Last Sunday, we worshiped good. I didn't think anybody would come around and say, good job. But God came down and said, good job. Five, received the Holy Ghost Sunday morning. I'm telling you, you need to stop. I don't care who you are. You need to stop and say, right now, I'm going to bless the Lord. Anthony, you know, we built this church on me. See, we built this church. Everybody said we was building too big. Now they're saying we built too little. It's amazing how people change what they think. But for the first time Sunday, I had a balcony dweller get the Holy Ghost. We shut that place off until it's just necessary. Because they go up there and watch. And I went to two of my more dry sisters. And I said, y'all going to have to get with it now. Because you got the Holy Ghost moving up here. But this is what happened on Sunday. A girl and her mama came down to the altar. The girl got the Holy Ghost. Another daughter of that mother, oh, I love this. This is what, this excites me. Came up to one of my elders and said, guess what? My sister got Holy Ghosted today. You know what you need to do every now and then? You need to stop and get Holy Ghosted. You need to come on down. Get on down here with us. Come on. You need to get on down here with us. You need to get out of that religion. You need to get out of religiosity and get on down here and say, I'm going to bless the Lord. Ah. Holy Ghost. Before World War II, the Japanese carried Haruhito, their emperor, on their shoulders. They looked at him as a god. They bowed down to him. But when they lost the war, he he lost the godship and came back to emperor. But the Japanese interpret the scripture. The Bible said, The Lord inhabiteth the praise of his people, or O thou that inhabitest the praise of Israel. They interpret that by saying this, When we praise God, we create a seat. And God comes down and sits in it. 
Can I tell you, if you want God to come and sit on you, if you want God to take a seat, get your hands up, praise Him, He'll come down and take a seat in your life. Yeah. think I'm just preaching for a response today. This is the thing that's kept me alive. This is what kept me going. I had to stop and praise Him. I had to stop and say, Thou art God! Some of you have preached some of this. It's alright. I'm doing it now. The second scripture I want to bring to your attention is Job chapter 36 and verse 26. Behold, God is great. How many believe that? And we know Him not. Neither can the number of His years be searched out. Let me tell you before... You know, you know, Job is spelt like a job. And before praise is a joy, sometimes it's a job. I praise the Lord when I didn't feel like it. But the job turns into a joy when you keep praising Him. Verse 27, For he maketh small the drops of water, they pour down rain according to the vapor thereof, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. Can any understand the spreading of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? We learned a principle in school. You probably learned it. There's a rain cycle. The sun attracts vapors from rivers and lakes and oceans. And those vapors go up and they form clouds. And the clouds feel and they cool and they condense and they lower and send back rain. And rain makes oranges grow. And rain makes the apples grow. And rain makes the potatoes grow. And God sends back rain according to the vapor. Can I say something to you? Do you really want revival in your church? Now, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not against any kind of organization. We are organized. But I'm going to tell you, sometime you've got to chunk that stuff. And you've got to say, as for me and my house, we're going to praise Him. There ain't nothing that'll work like praising God. And you've got to lead it. You know, you know, some of us, some of us never believed that Jesus worshipped. He worshipped. You know, he did. He we worshipped. He even danced in the spirit. Bible said he agaliahold one time. That means he leaped for joy. He got so excited he just leaped for joy. They say white men can't jump. You need to start jumping a little. Well, I, I'm not able to pay my bills. Hallelujah, anyhow. I had two families leave me. Hallelujah, anyhow. Jesus did it. 
Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell about His ascension to the Mount of Transfiguration. And every previous chapter to that, He was messed up with Pharisees and Sadducees and the leaven of Herod. Herod bugged Him. And Jesus needed a praise break because He's about to get a bad spirit. Boy, I'm going to work on that in a little while. Just stay with me. He, he, he said, i got to go to yonder mountain. Peter, James, and John, y'all want to come? I'm going to go have me a praise break. Now, the reason we don't think Jesus worshipped up there is because we're afraid of the Godhead situation. Because after all, His face did shine and His garments became glistering. And He was shown to them to be the awesome Almighty God. But you can't confine all of God into one body while He was on this earth. God's everywhere. And Jesus went to the top of that mountain because He had to have a praise break. And I've come to Alec because I needed a praise break. And I see a lot of y'all here because you need a praise break. But when you send something up, look what happens. They get up there and the Lord starts praising. His face changes. His garments change. And all of a sudden, two fellas show up. Moses and Elijah. Brother Tenney, stand up. If God could have come Himself, He would have. But He's a spirit. So He sent the best He had. He sent a cloud. Hover. Hover. You're the cloud. Hover. Just hover. And he had Peter. Come here, brother. He had James. Come here. He had John. Come on. He had John. Hallelujah. He's up here. And he's praising God. And look what shows up. Don't tell me praise don't work. If Jesus can go to yonder mountain and praise and this show up, what can happen if you praise? What will show up? Stay with me. Stay with me. Come here, brother. When Jesus started praying, Moses showed up. Bible called him the king of Jeshurun. Bible called him the deliverer. <laughs> the lawgiver. Need an advocate? Need deliverance? Need a king in your life? If you start praising, this will show up. Elijah showed up. Elijah represented the miracles. Need a raven to feed you? Need a widow at Zarephath to touch you? Hallelujah! Yes! Need the dead to be raised to life. Praise Him. Hover. And the cloud came. Need a Holy Ghost baptism? Need a rain? Need power? Need strength? And not only that, the first preacher at Pentecost was there. Need a message? Some of you need a message. Take a praise break, you'll get one. The 
Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name. There's your sermon. James was there. Who's he? Pastored 87,000 in Jerusalem. Want to grow in church? Want to grow in church? Or you want to do your little ditty while everybody takes a trip to the city? I'm telling you, praise will put people on your pews. Had an old boy. Had an old boy. Oh, I'm loose now. I'm enjoying the journey now. Had an old boy. Had an old boy walk in our church in Austin, Texas. We got through one Sunday morning. Morning. I'm so tired of waiting till the evening. You can have church on Sunday morning. Well, Elijah had to wait till evening, yeah, because he got second bat. We got to have first bat. Morning. That's when you get your visitors. That's when people walk in your doors. You got to have church on Sunday morning. He walked in and he said, when we got through, he shook his head. He said, my God, Pastor, this is better than a Rolling Stones concert. And I said, yeah, Eric, and you can get some satisfaction here. Somebody needs to stop. Take a praise break. You're about to get a bad spirit. John the revelator want a little revelation (laughs) take a praise break you'll lose the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Herod's And you'll get the cloud and Moses and Elijah and Peter and James and John and the whole thing. Wow! You got to send something up to get something back. Thank you. Please be seated. Now I'm fixed to preach. Now. I got 15 minutes and I'm fixing to wear you out. I'm in my Jubilee year. I turned 49. You did too, Bubba. Because you're two weeks behind, man. I love the fire out of you. Oh, man, I do you. No, don't you do that. 
And I discovered something when I turned 49, Brother Mangan. I discovered I'm already in my 50th. You've got to live 50 before you turn 50. I had to figure it out after 49. I'm in my jubilee. I'm in it. I'm in it. You ain't going to shut me up. Because the land's coming back. The slaves are being freed. You ain't going to shut me up. <laughs> now stay with me now. i got to preach. Hold on. So Jesus takes those disciples down that mountain. He touched it last night, but he didn't, he didn't wear it out like I'm going to. Because I take it, brother, brother, brother. Mike Williams just goes here and there and just makes it all so fit. I just take one and just wring it out. I'm fixing to wring it out. He come down the bottom of that mountain. And the first thing he runs into is a man that's got a son who's got a spirit. Notice it wasn't a man with a bad spirit. It was a child with a devil. The first thing he hit after his miraculous victory on the top of Transfigured Mountain was a boy with a devil. And the reason it was is because Satan wanted to bind a child. Because every one of us have a childlike spirit. And this is the mount. Because of the times is the mount. But when you get home, you're going to run into a child that the devil wants to find. See the difference in preachers that are doing it and preachers that aren't is that some of us refuse to let the child be bound in us. See, I've got no inhibitions about preaching here today. I'm not worried about if you accept me or not. I'm not trying to be big shot. Because the thing that keeps me going is not a childish spirit, but a childlike spirit. And if Satan can bind the childlike spirit in me, he'll destroy everything that happened on yonder mountain. I don't care how smart you are. Some of you got IQs that double mine. That's all right. When I run with some of you, I say, how does it feel to talk to an 80 and you're a 180? Pretty good at 80 and get on your level. Don't bother me. That don't bother me at all. Because I understand a principle. You never get so grown up that you outgrow what God has done for you in your life. I'm begging this congregation, don't let the child ever be bound in you. Now, now, I'm going to talk to you just a little bit here. Because I... 
that drive me crazy. I preached one of my best sermons in the history of the oneness movement about two months ago. Son, I rate myself. Four stars the highest. I rated it three and a half. Never have been a four star, but I rated it three and a half. I was good that morning. Hey, 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 don't tell me y'all don't do it. Don't, don't do that to me. Don't act like I'm alone in this. You either put a little check and say, do it again, baby. Or you put NW, need work. And I had a couple come up to me after that incredible move of my mouth. And say, we're changing churches. Would somebody help me? I need a praise break. And I said, where are you going? They said, we don't know. Anywhere is better than here. And as soon as they walked out the door, I didn't know what to say. Man walked up to me and he said, Pastor, do you know of any church that are open? I need to pastor. I wanted to say, you know any mouths that need to be shut? I need one. About that same time, I had a young lady in our church dating a boy that was out of the church. Now, we, we don't condone that in our church. I don't know how y'all handle it. We don't condone that in our church. I preach again it, but I, I can't make people live for God. That same week, that little girl called me and she said, I need to talk to you. I said, oh my God, Patty, it's happened. The rabbits died. This is just in our church. And I, and, and I, I put off meeting her because I didn't want to hear it because there was a day I believed in her. She come to me and she said, Pastor, I broke up with him. Oh, great. I said, is that all? <laughs> she said, that's all. I said, I love you. I need a praise break. I'm about to get offended. I don't know how y'all handle it. But if we've got kids experimenting with drugs and alcohol in our church, I don't know how you handle it. But I scream and holler and cry and pray. And the other Sunday morning, I went out on the front porch. Went out on the front porch. I left a huge congregation around the altar on the front porch and said, Boys, come here! They looked up and said, My God, it's the preacher. I called him on the front porch. I said, hey, boys, I can't get you in the altar, so I'm going to chase you to the porch. Get in here, huddle. We're going to pray. Son, I got the casting every spirit in the world out of them. I ain't bragging about that. But it ain't rosy every day at our church. 
My assistant got off the phone the other day and he walked in. He's Brother Nate, he said, Pastor, I got a new one for you. I said, what's that? He said, just got off the phone with a woman who's got, who had a 15-year-old son that fathered a child. And now he's 17, he's fathering another one. And she said, and he said, well, how can I help you? She said, well, the problem is I kicked the older brother out because I didn't approve of his lifestyle. God. Two, uh, two ones fathered two children, but she kicked it out. What was he doing? She kicked the other one out because she didn't approve of his lifestyle. What was he doing, pray tell? Brother Jeff, you're not the only one who has building problems. We, we tried to redo our parking lot. We didn't have a lot of money when the church was built. We was finished. The church was built and we was out of money. So we just kind of patched our parking lot. I'm almost through, Brother Manga. Oh, I know that. I saw you look at the clock. We passed our parking lot. We put patches like 10 feet by 5 feet. You know, nice, okay? Then we put barriers, barriers, yellow cone barriers with a sign that says, Do not come past this point. Is that enough law? And this one kid said, That's everybody but me. And he gets out of his truck, moves the barriers, drives through, puts the barriers back, hangs the sign back, and buries his truck in the concrete. When we get back from supper, we've been pouring it all day, we get back, the old boy that was my concrete contractor, a great Christian in our church, the guy said, what can I do? Can I help? He said, you've done enough, go home. Every now and then, you just need a praise break. We're building our church, and there's a man ordered the baptistry before we even broke ground. And the baptistry was on our parking lot for three months. Maybe God wants us to baptize them in the parking lot. I don't know. And everything, give thanks. Preached a sermon one time, and a woman came up and said, I don't care how many times I hear that sermon, it never gets old. That's, I'm about to get offended. I need a praise break. I had a little old sister one time that left the church and he told a woman in the church said well I'm leaving she said thank God I didn't think that day would ever get here he come shared that with me well I guess one of the greatest days of my life was when we had an evangelist come through our church and he preached on Paul's handkerchiefs and the cloth that they cut off Paul and so we got enthused about the prayer handkerchief so we started doing that in our church on a regular basis in fact
it was called for. It wasn't us. They, they called for it. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being sacrilegious. I'm really not. But, the, but, but they started coming down, and, and we prayed for several handkerchiefs in one night. I think we sent out five in one night. And uh, during Thanksgiving week, Thanksgiving week, not any of Thanksgiving week, we got three reports back that all three of them had died. I need a praise break. You know why you're laughing? Because that fits you more than anything you've heard. And, and one of them went to Dallas and one of them went to Shreveport and one of them went to a nursing home. And Dallas and the nursing home died on the same day. And I was going to be with mom and dad for Thanksgiving. And I got there and the phone was ringing before we had cell phones. Phone was ringing. Got to go home. I need a praise break. So we get back, have the funeral. On that next Sunday, the young man that started the whole thing came up and said, Pastor, I want to thank you for sending the handkerchief out to my uncle. And I said, by the way, how is he? He said, oh, he died, but thanks anyhow. I've pastored in Austin nine years, and I've got one man that's had three wives in those nine years. I got one woman, one woman's changed her name four times in those nine years. I can't say they're in leadership, but they're there. You ever feel it coming in on you like that? It's time to go to Transfiguration and get a praise break. <laughs> now, stay with me just a minute. Stay down just for two more minutes. Two more minutes. The third scripture I want to give you, and I close, is Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. Y'all enjoying it, ain't you? When it happens, just stop, drop, get with it. It works. Therefore shall they come and sing in the heights of Zion. That's the church. And shall flow together to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and for wine, for oil, and for the young flock and of the herd. And their souls shall be as a watered garden, and they shall not sorrow any more at all. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, both young and the old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy will comfort them and will make them rejoice from their sorrow. I close today by telling you if you want to get out of sorrow you've got to take a praise break. You've got to stop everything you're doing drop it all and say 
I will bless the Lord at all. You know, I say this and I'm finished. People tried to get me to stop preaching for two months when I went through my deal and ordeal. And there was something in me that I couldn't stay away from church a day. I lost my family on a Friday. On Saturday, I was at church. They didn't wait till Sunday. I had to take a praise break because I was about to get offended. And I went to church and I bowed my knee and I said, Lord, you got to help me. And he said, what do you need? And I said, a whole bunch. He said, I am. And that childlike spirit that had been in my life and caused me to bounce and jump and holler came back on the day after I lost my wife and boy. Now, I didn't get up dancing and bouncing, but I realized that if I praised Him, if I did something to Him He couldn't do for Himself, He would turn my mourning into joy. He would give me wheat and wine and oil. That's bread, that's sustenance, and that's something for my wounds. That's what He'd give me. And I stand here today lifting up my because I can do something greater than works. I can worship. I can send vapor to Him that causes the rain to come down. And I can get over my sorrow by praising the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Just remain standing. 98 was a tough year for me. My first death of 98 was a woman named Maria Calderon who took a verbal beating and sometimes physical beating every time she came to church, but she never missed. I can't imagine that happening in the 90s, but it did. And then I lost the precious missionary to Brazil, Sam Baker, who was my buddy. God, Brother Baker was my buddy. And then I lost Brother Hudson, 93-year-old California preacher. That was just an anchor to me. I buried Pop Hudson. And then I buried Sister Velma Wright, whose husband founded the church that I pastored. And then one of my dearest buddies, 46 years old, dropped dead of a heart attack just about eight, nine, ten weeks ago. 46 and gone. Things sometime are not just real rosy back in the valley. But I found if I come to Zion and I will magnify the Lord, He will turn my mourning into joy. And the old virgin and the young virgin shall dance together.
and revival will break out. A ship left the coast of New York, got in treacherous water, looked like it was going to sink. One woman on the ship was very fearful. She made this statement. She said, do you think we're going to make it? Finally, she asked the right person who told her to go see the captain. Said, go check with the captain. He'll tell you if we're going to make it or not. So she went to see the captain. She said, Captain, are we going to make it? He said, Ma'am, I've been a captain of this vessel for a long time. And he said, there's some old rivets on the side of this ship. And he said, if they give way, this ship will go under. We're holding held together by rivets or he said look up the boiler he said if there's some pistons up there if they explode we're all going up but ma'am if the rivets hold and the boiler keeps boiling we're going through I got something to tell you the only way that we're not going to go through is if the grave comes or the rapture takes place but I want to tell all of you something you will go through